0: Atheist
1: Alliance International Podcast. I don't make this stuff up. You know, if you put Jesus Christ first, that he'll look after all your bills, it's not
0: fake, it's paid. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Atheist Alliance International Podcast. I'm Jason Sylvester, a.k.a. Jesus Mayberry, and joining me this week is another one of AAI's affiliates. I'm Amir Schnabel from the Israeli Atheist Organization, and welcome, Amir. Thank you for joining us. Before we get started, I'd like to remind everyone to please like and subscribe. So Amir is here to tell us about what's going on. He's been leading the activities for the atheists, for Israeli atheists, Uh, and so he's here to talk about what's going on there and what they're focused on. So welcome, Amir, and why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your organization?
1: About our our organization, when our organization uh, was created, I think it was uh, at the end of uh, 2012. i like to emphasize that when it was uh, first created, the name of it was uh, the Organization for the Advancement of Science and Critical Thinking. That was uh, the official name. It took about a year until uh, the people decided to change the name to an atheist organization and uh, from uh, it came from the idea that uh, we don't want to be ashamed of uh, being called atheist, not and uh, put it up front and make it strong but still i think that uh, since we started as a the advancements of science and critical thinking it says a lot about the way we are uh, operating because our organization is not too much uh, doing uh, fightings, or even not many demonstrations. We are trying to push more for a uh, academic kind of activities, like uh, conferences, monthly meetings, and lectures at universities, schools, and some other organizations that are inviting us.
0: The schools are actually inviting you to come and, and speak to
1: the students okay. the schools are great this is something uh, relatively new and i'm very pleased that they are doing it i can talk about uh, uh, i'll tell you the story the story is very interesting how it's, it started and i think it's kind of explain what's going on in israel <laughs> but the thing is that uh, Many high schools in the past few years started doing a program where they travel all around Israel and doing some activities for a full week, the kids. And uh, it's very... The idea is to develop some kind of a community work and a com- a community support and feeling part of the country. So, during the week, they are mostly doing work in uh, in, uh, disadvantaged schools for or some, all kinds of uh, people all over Israel that need uh, to support. And this is really fine, and also some history about places and we call it Zionism, talk about uh, and the establishment of Israel and uh, things that they went on during the years. But the thing is that at the end of that week, the, the organization that created the trips to, it took them for a, to experience religion, to experience how is it to live in a religious way of life. And this was kind of a red light for many seculars in Israel. We, Many activists and even schools uh, from secular neighborhoods like uh, my neighborhood uh, didn't like the idea because uh, they felt like uh, the religions people are trying to infiltrate the secular system and uh, push the kids to, uh, to learn about religion. And, so and they, this is where they started to look outside, so if uh, we are uh, forcing to do this trip and uh, learn about religion, why not having the second opinion to be held? And that's what they started looking for organizations like ours and some other secular organizations, and there are many, we can talk about it later, to come and lecture about secularism, to give like a con-, con-, like a contra. Something something that uh, will uh, battle this uh, religious uh, infiltration in the system.
0: Just to to inform the watchers, so the school system, the public school system in Israel is secular, it's not religious?
1: No, it's not, but uh, let me elaborate a little bit. There isn't one education system in Israel. We have uh, about four streams, we call it, different way. Uh, We have, uh, of course, the secular system, which is the largest. The secular system is defined that uh, usually you learn uh, foreign languages, sciences, everything that you expect from a secular system. And since in Israel, you have to learn Bible studies, the Bible studies in the secular system is oriented into Bible criticism about uh, learning it from uh, either history point of view or literature point of view, not religions at all. This is the secular system on the world. And you have uh, three other uh, religious, uh, sorry, uh, education streams. One is a, uh, it's called a national religious, uh, this is people that uh, they learn religious as extra uh, schooling, usually in after-hours, and in regular hours they are learning mostly in the learning foreign languages and sciences. And those are, you can recognize those guys by uh, they're wearing this uh, small uh, yamaka, a very small one that uh, can sometimes can be hidden and not seen. So this is, this uh, kind of stream. There are two other streams, one for uh, the ultra-religious schools. they call it independent streams. And this this is really a bad stream for our, from our point of view. They don't learn languages. They don't learn sciences. They learn only religious all day long. The, the girls are kind of learning some some math and some, some sciences. But the guys are learning only religious from morning to night. They, are, from our perspective, they're uneducated. Sorry, but I don't call their religious studies educational. They can't join the workforce because they, are, they don't know what's going on. Um, and the, because of politics, the, the state cannot even. Enter those schools. They can force them for a, speci- a special curriculum. They can they can't uh, supervise them at any way. They just really independent. So we've got some seculars uh, programs that join that uh, stream. The extreme seculars that also like the idea that they are not going to be supervised. But mostly this is a religious school ultra-religious school, those are uh, the ones you can recognize by the closing of the black black and white hat, hat and closing, now looking like they uh, were taken out of uh, seven, 17th century Poland, uh, it's <laughs> this kind of uh, studies. It's really horrible, this uh, system. I can tell you that one of my personal volunteering Mm, apart from uh, the work of the artist organization is to help guys and girls that uh, decided to become secular, to leave those systems. And this is really bad, because you see people 24 years old, 25 years old, that left the religious life, and actually they don't know anything. I'm teaching, usually I'm I'm doing some uh, mass classes for them, they know mass, in the, uh, about uh, the most. They know is percentage, maybe some uh, you know road road problems of uh, driving, uh, driving velocity time, and that's it. That's all they know. They don't know algebra. They don't know anything that is a bit more complicated. And not to talk about uh, English, they don't know a word in English. They can barely recognize letters. It's really like uh, you take uh, such a modern country like Israel and suddenly you have this vast amount of people that don't know anything.
0: What's your sense of the, the, the percentage of the students that are coming out of these religious schools? How many of them are choosing to, to leave? Is it a small minority?
1: They're minority? They are still minority. I think uh, they are about uh, 30% or something like that. The problem is that uh, the prospect is that by 2050, 2060 they might become a majority because the birth rate over there is very large. Every family of the ultra-religious uh, community they have in about uh, 20, 12 kids, one year apart and that way they will become a majority. It's really something that very is very scary. Because this can halt the economy, this can halt any progress that we can make in Israel, if once they
0: become a majority. Is there, but, what's gonna happen? Like if that if, should that happen? Like what what the what what feel is gonna happen in Israel if that should happen?
1: You know have, and there are many doomsday projections that everything is going to collapse because every, there are many, you know, <laughs> sitcoms and jokes about how each secular family is funding a secular religious people that they do not even know them, but they sue taxes. Uh, that's something that we, we talk about a lot. The government it's kind of hijacked by politi- politics where the uh, parties of these religious uh, communities that are about uh, a bit more than 10% of the parliament but they are very, since uh, the political situation in Israel is that left and right are almost equal in size they, are, uh, what, they become like a, a leverage So you have to take them to any kind of government you're making, you have to uh, to join with them, because that way you won't have a government, and that way they are uh, not letting any to do any major changes, and it's, that's something very difficult. Uh, the current government was able to be created without them, they are now in the opposition, and hopefully we'll be able to do some changes and force them to start studying or, or doing anything that will make them productive for the working force, since they're not joining the working force, they're not creating money. And this is a, the major uh, problem. Um, and do,
0: they do this themselves that they're heading for this kind of future. They don't care.
1: They don't care. They think that the uh, religious study is the most important thing in the world. They don't want to uh, to take any changes. And the kids are screaming. Don't be mistaken. The kids are screaming. The kids are talking about it. Their kids. That they, but they're not letting them uh, do anything. And there are campaigns against joining the army and the Israeli army is uh, some kind of a place where uh, everybody just joins, it for the, for the skills that you have to. Afterward, you are part of uh, any Israeli life, it's more easy to get a job, it's more easy to do anything. And they okay. want to, but if uh, they're actually ostracizing people that are going to the army, there are uh, many campaigns against them, and it can it can get even to violence. They don't so care they, about using violence against
0: them. And This so is a kind of kids that are leaving. So presumably, that when they were students, they they were being forced into that stream by their family. They didn't have a choice. Yes, they
1: have to. It's their, their family choice. It's actually, it's all different stories about what's going out there. It's, uh, they are are divided into many sections and by themselves, they don't agree to mix between themselves. I'm sorry to say that they're kind of racist among themselves. So if you were born to a family that came from Europe, you have to go to European schools. And if you came from an Arab country, you're going to a different school and they don't want to mix up because it's not the same religious for So It's still something completely
0: awkward. Yeah, I commented on that in a, a previous episode I about, about I read something I think about 10 years ago, I think it might have been the minister of education saying that uh, he doesn't want Ashkenazi children going to the same school together uh,
1: it can happen. it happens all the time.
0: Is your kids?
1: Yes, I have some kind of a noise outside, so I need to close the windows.
0: Oh, sorry. Is the neighborhood kids playing?
1: No, I've got a kindergarten underneath my home, and they just probably went to a break. Oh. <laughs>
0: So. Presumably, not a religious kindergarten.
1: No, no, it's not. Not in my neighborhood. <laughs> this is a very strong secular neighborhood. We are living close to the university. It's upper class. Um, no, we don't feel much religious in this neighborhood. But maybe we'll get into it uh, soon. It'll be it interesting to
0: hear about.
1: It. Good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: If they're having, uh, ultra-religious Jewish people are having multiple children and they're going to become the majority, that's not good, you know, in the long run for the the stability of the country in any sense.
1: No, that's exactly, that's something that is very scary. And this is some of the same that the new government, we have a new government for the past four months, And one of their agenda is to try to make changes in order to facilitate all kind of program that will force them to go into uh, more studying. And also a bunch of ideas uh, how to make them join the workforce. And they're trying to, Uh, for that in. One of the ideas is is to cut support money that they are getting. They're getting a lot of uh, support money. You can look at it as a social benefits, but actually what they do is they get so much money and so so many benefits that they really don't be feeling forced to go to work because if you can get money and go to study all day, I wish I could do that. (laughs) <laughs> so they're trying to cut it down, but still, since some of the parties in the government are thinking that maybe in the next round of election they will need them, so they're scared to doing anything that is very too drastic. So, everything is being done very slowly, very cautiously, and I think that when you do such stuff so cautiously, you won't make a major change, yeah. or until it will catch up, these changes. I think that uh, we'll, find, uh, we'll find it uh, to be too late. Something need to be done very drastically, for my opinion.
0: So other than talking to the high schools, what else is your organization doing? What are their activities are you guys involved Our, in? Our major,
1: something that we are proud of, is uh, making uh, our annual conference. We have an annual conference that uh, usually we get about uh, four to five hundred people that are part- participating. It's uh, quite a lot of people. It's uh, usually very interesting with uh, speakers that come from all topics that are interest the secular communities. Starting from sciences, we always have uh, at least one or two lectures about evolution, of course, because everybody talks about it, it's important. We have lectures about archaeology, some uh, Bible criticism, that's something that that really interests many seculars about uh, what the latest findings are. It's interesting. as much as you study, then you understand how much the Bible was a mostly mythology and a myth. But it's very interesting when you compare it to the whatever you really found in the, the digs and archaeology, and there's a lot of it in Israel.
0: You have someone like Israel Finkelstein coming to speak.
1: Uh, we tried to. <laughs> a few times we were rejected by Finkelstein. But uh, at least his students are coming, or people that uh, represent his views. Uh, He's not
0: is coming.
1: The view that we like. He's too busy. Um, actually, well, last time he was willing to come, but he didn't come out uh, correcting the schedule. But maybe next time. We're still uh, with the hands on it until we'll be able to bring him over, uh, personally. And, uh,
0: I not so what? I was thinking earlier when you, you were talking about some of the issues there, like with the schools. Have you read The Unmaking of Israel by Gershon Gorenberg? No, I haven't. It, really good? it came out in 2012, I think. So about the time your organization was founded, he wrote this book. Um, it's quite interesting. He makes some very good points about how the, the ultra-religious are are undoing Israel. Um, maybe he might be a good speaker to come to your conference.
1: Do you really? Yeah. I'll write it down. We're always looking for ideas. When, yeah, in the last conference that we did in 2018, we were uh, able to bring over some YouTubers from around the world. And we, were, uh, we had uh, a genetically modified skeptic, uh, Drew, came over. And we were able to bring over, uh, to invite and bring over uh, Alex O'Connor from the, United, from the United Kingdom. That was very interesting. He gave a lecture on uh, vegetarians, but uh, it was very interesting, vegetarians. But still, uh, I like those guys, they are so smart. And even if they don't talk about straight to it's so important to learn how they think and how they reason. So it, um, for me, it was uh, very interesting to hear him.
0: And when so are you we, having that? The next one? Yeah.
1: We don't know because we're so afraid of this corona thing. We're afraid that they will book up a place and pay for it, and then we, we will have to cancel because some kind of, uh, of restriction due to the COVID. And I'm, I'm, we're kind of scared to setting it up. We are debating whether to do some uh, online conference uh, in December, but I guess this is under discussion right now and uh, we don't have a decision yet. Hopefully, we'll uh, do it. And in the meantime, we have many other people. There are so many secular life in Israel that we can talk. There's something, a very unique program that they have started by friend of us. It's not part of our organization, but it's people that uh, are supporting of us and we are supporting them. And they created a show like uh, that is experience where a uh, taste people are calling. It's, it runs for the past two years. And I think it's doing a real job about uh, raising awareness of uh, atheism and making uh, taste people talking, it become it became very close to Atis' experience. It's too bad that it's uh, taking place in Hebrew, and I can't, uh, it will take work to translate it, but uh, it's there, it's very interesting.
0: Do you, do you have a sense of how strong the secular community is in Israel? Like, 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 oh,
1: we are the majority. For sure. The secular communities in Israel is a majority. The, the problem is that many Israelis don't like to call themselves atheists, they like to call themselves seculars, and the Hebrew word for seculars, it's not exactly like you, you call yourself a secular in every other place in the world, or let's say in English. And there are many seculars in Israel that believe that, okay, they're not believing God, of course, and they don't know any, They don't do most of uh, praying and religious stuff around. But what? But you f- can find them uh, doing uh, the common rituals of holiday in the holidays, going to to synagogue in the high holidays of in September mostly. And so they kind of, hey, well, we are seculars, we not believe in, but we like the culture. So we do some of this stuff and, you know, so it's kind of in between. And there are seculars that said, okay, we believe in God, but we don't believe that we need to do any of the rituals. We don't, don't want to do anything, but we do believe in God. This is also some kind of a secularism that we have. So the secular community is very wide range with many different kind of uh, interpretations of people. And when you come to someone asking, okay, if you don't believe, are you an atheist? Sometimes they are scared. They're going back, no, no, we're not atheists. We're not a believer, but atheism is, is a big word. We don't want to be, to use that. And so you won't find people that call themselves at least, but most,
0: like, the majority are seculars, still. So despite being the majority, there's still, the religious, the religious right in Israel has far too much power, despite the fact that the seculars are the majority.
1: Yeah, that, I call it that we live in some kind of a duality of secular life and religious life, because people are, like, a dancing tango between them all the time. Because uh, we can cut ourselves from the history, and the history, as you know, had major impact in the last uh, 100 years. And people are, uh, don't want to disengage from uh, Judaism because of our history. Uh, but uh, But still, most of the people are not believers, so it's kind of in between sometimes being religious, sometimes not, uh, sometimes being nice to religious people, sometimes being very scrutinized to them. It's really it's <laughs> strange the way it goes. And the government also is playing this uh, duality, this uh, dancing game, because most of the laws are seculars, And all decision, the High Court will never judge by uh, religious laws. Religious laws are formally part of the legislation, but are uh, the last resort of legislation. So if you go to court, they will uh, judge you by the regular Israeli laws, they will go further to international laws, and uh, some of the laws are going back to British and Ottomans laws because of the history of the pre israeli era but to go to the Jewish law that's something that it's written there but nobody will go there. <laughs> nobody will, uh, it's only formally and this is most of the laws except one thing that's, uh, that is belong to marriages and personal life. For some reason sometimes in the past the Israeli government decided to give them a complete, the the religious court, a complete monopoly on marriages. So, when you get married, you have to have a signature of a religious court.
0: Any marriage, so there's no civil marriage.
1: There's no secular marriages. You have to go and get this approval, sometimes. So, they gave Muslims a Sharia court that does the same. And the Jewish law is working for the Jewish people. But still, you have to pass by them. And this is a major problem that we have in Israel. It's something that uh, we're trying as a secular uh, life, try to fight it. It's very difficult. It's very hard Because uh, sometimes there are people, Jewish people, that are not allowed to get married. Why? If you are belong to a a priest family, what uh, our uh, last name is Cohen, you probably heard this last name. Those are priests. They're not allowed to get married to a divorced woman by religious law. And for uh, many people you have to prove that you are Jewish in order to get married. And this becomes a really problem, especially for Jews that came from Russia from uh, the former Soviet Union, because they had many mixed uh, marriages. Sometimes the father is Jewish and the mother is not Jewish, and if this is the case, they are not considered uh, Jews for marriage. And this is very, this is a major problem, not to talk about uh, same-sex marriages. So you're not allowed to, because of that, to to make same-sex marriages in Israel. So this is the religious law. And then came the secular state. I'm going to explain the duality. And made a whole bunch of laws that will enable it. How do you do it? If you're a same-sex couple and you want to get married, it's okay. You fly over to, let's say, Denmark or Canada, you get married. And when you'll come to Israel, your marriage will be recognized. <laughs> because that way you bypass those religious guys. No. If you open a bank account, you are consider marriage for anything that is uh, related to it. Same, you get the same benefit as uh, um, heterosexual marriages. You get all benefits, you will get uh, every, you'll be looked at, uh, like a married couple, for um, for everything that is uh, connected to it. So mm-hmm. same same is for uh, Jews that can't get married. You go to uh, Cyprus, you get married, you come back, you present your uh, marriage certificate, you're considered as married.
0: <laughs> for mm-hmm. now, on. you can get this changed and have that monopoly taken away, or it's, it's going to be really, new. If the majority is secular and the government is secular, why why should the government fight it? They're, they're going, going right? for,
1: yeah. They, they're going for this argument that they they want to get married with us, with us seculars. In order for to enable them to get married with seculars, they need us uh, to make sure that we are Jews from past years. From we are uh, pure Jews, <laughs> if you call it that way. So that way they are convincing seculars that they to support the. Uh, Cause of uh, that, everything has to go by uh, religious uh, approvals. But what they're trying to do now, there are a few ways. Uh, I can tell you the Tel Aviv municipality announced here year before the election that they're going to allow people to register as married in the municipality. Again, a way to try to bypass the religious codes. So, exactly. and this is Tel Aviv Dani?
0: Will they be successful getting that through?
1: They, they, they haven't, they just announced it, they haven't uh, taken it into effect yet. So let's wait, let's hope for the best. Mm-hmm. But, uh, that's something that of course I, I, I support everything, everyone should support it. There's another option is that uh, at least three parties in the current government are pushing for uh, regular uh, civil marriages, but you won't have, you won't need to go to pass by the religious court. And it's, and there is something that is is so new that I'm not really know the details, but uh, as you know, the Prime Minister of Israel now, he came from from a national religious party, they are religious for everything that is a uh, um, concern, for any aspect they are very religious. But see, they are kind of going against the, religi- the religious courts and the heretic religious people for a bunch of reasons. Some of them is uh, are benign, like uh, going for jobs. Since most of the religious support and the religious establishment are holding all the jobs that, and giving them to their people, the national religious people want to pass those jobs to the national religious party. So they're having they're trying to push some different agendas and to take the monopoly from them and pass it to the national religious people. As I started with the education system, the national religious are part of the secular life since they do study the sciences, they are part of the world, first. they are doing... Uh, they are completely uh, part of us. So, as I started saying, there's a new initiative that they're doing, is to allow a, a way to get married outside of the religious schools I don't know how it's going to be, because it's it's so new, it's, it's a matter of a few weeks that they publish it, that they are going to work forward it, let's hope it will be good enough, because since uh, it's a push by a religious party, I'm kind of suspicious about what the result will be. But uh, it sounds in a, a good direction. Let's see. So
0: don't, You you mentioned offline to me that your organization doesn't get involved in the the Palestinian conflict, but you wanted to talk about why you're not getting involved in it. Talk about that?
1: Yeah, we can talk about that. You have to understand that Israel is very, very diverse. We have people that came from all over uh, the world. You've got Jews that came from Ashkenazic Jews, that came from Europe, Jews that came from Arab states, Jews came from came from Ethiopia, wherever. And those people that came from all over, are some are secular, some are religious, some are anti-religious, some are Haridic, some national religious, they are ordinary, they are, uh, Jew, uh, religious Jews that came from the States, and they are, uh, you know, reforms that uh, they drive on the Sabbath, and they're actually seculars. And all those groups that I mentioned are not mutually exclusive. That means, from any way you cut it in Israel, you've got so many groups uh, that are different, it's very complicated. And the same goes for politics. I can't say that a certain person, because it's is, uh, the way you think, is a uh, left-wing, or the other one will be right-wing. It's really very difficult to separate them apart. And we feel like, uh, even in our organ- organization, we have people that came from all those sections of uh, the Israel society, and the division of politics can be very harsh. If we take sides as an organization, we have to take sides and, and declare ourselves as left, left or left liberal, then we might lose a lot of people that are from the right side because we can't even tell them apart. We do feel from the conversation that there are not few people that consider themselves as a right-wing atheist. And uh, we feel like uh, since we are a small organization, we don't want to lose them. We want them uh, to be part of us. And the division of politics in Israel is very difficult. It's something that everybody talks about it, everybody who argue about it, and, and it's not something that uh, people are divided by. It's, it's kind of strange, but you can go into a room with your friends and argue about politics, left-wing against right-wings, Palestinians, against anti-Palestinians. Sometimes the argument can heat up. You can start argue, uh, even get into bad words, and some uh, uh, violence uh, of uh, speech, not violence of action. And, and all of a sudden you'll say to each other, okay, let's get it over, let's go to lunch. That's a way <laughs> it We're still, we know we are divided, we know, but we're still friends and we're still uh, doing stuff together because uh, we have to put the politics in, in its boundaries, not to make it uh, divide us. I have to say that I know, I get the feeling that if you go to a, some kind of a poll inside such a humanistic organization like us, the left will have a majority probably, it seems like that. But we don't want to test it. We don't want to test it because we don't want that it will uh, tear us apart. That's why we decided I have to say that if you go into my personal page, everybody knows exactly what my views are. I'm not hiding it in my personal page, but as an organization, we try to put it aside.
0: Are you comfortable? Do you want to speak about your personal beliefs or you'd rather not do that in this? this?
1: I I can talk about my personal belief. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, Let's take a big quote. I'm going to talk about my personal belief, not organization.
0: Okay.
1: I see myself as a centralist left in Israel. I'm very supportive of a solution. I, also, my years I was working toward uh, supporting the cause of a, what what is being called the two-state solution. That's what. That's what uh, my personal beliefs are. I, I believe that from the humanistic point of view that uh, we have to work for equality for all, for all humans, for every citizen in Israel. I do think I have a problem that, uh, again, something that is very open on my pages, that from the economy view I'm not a socialist, sorry, (laughs) but uh, still, from because of the conflicts, I put myself in in the left wing of uh, the issues. What
0: what do you get as the general sense of people in Israel? Are are the majority of the secular, leftist Israelis in favor of a two-state solution? And as you said, human rights for everybody. That what's happening with Palestine? Unfair. I think that most of Israelis
1: would like the two-state solution. I think that we can... Israel can get into even a 60-70% support for that. That's a lot. The problem is uh, people. most of the Israelis are truly scared of getting into the solutions. Plainly scared out of security. And everybody still remember what happened in, uh, from uh, 1993 to 2002, when uh, everything was advancing toward the solution. And then they uh, started with uh, the suicide bombs and and the rocket firing from uh, the Gaza Strip after 2005 and Israelis are truly scared. I, I, people don't understand the psychology of uh, most of Israelis, but that's something that if we want to advance to a solution, it has to be addressed. It, I, even the other side should understand that if he wants the majority of Israel to, to go toward them, They have to convince us. So now people like me, that ideology speaking, I believe that anyhow we need to go toward that. But there are many people that are sitting on the fence and you need to convince them that it's the the right way. And it's not not easy. I
0: can understand the security perspective. And I made the point in Unite Talk Oz about this offline that surely creating the two state solution where the Palestinians have self government and instead of perpetuating the system as it is now, that is more insecure. Would that not be a greater risk to Israelis to perpetuate the, the current system of injustice against Palestinians? That's going to continue to threaten their security. Whereas giving the Palestinians the right of self government and stop keeping them in refugee camps and suppressing them, that's going to be much more of a threat to their security, or would you think I'm naïve am naive?
1: It's debatable. I, I won't get into it too much now, but yes, it's debatable where the, where the line passes. More, I can tell from the left, we are really scared that uh, demographically speaking, the Palestinians will become a majority. And that's something that for many Israelis, is unacceptable because if they become a majority and still be under Israeli control, we will have a problem of giving a, a problem of uh, how to handle it, uh, how to distribute civil rights. It will be... It's, this is something that, for my opinion, is very serious. But uh, it's dangerous to Israel's existence. Let, let me say that exactly. it is you're dangerous. Also scared, geographically, of
0: the of the ultra-Religious Jews taking control in 2015, 2016. So 2060, seems like you've got a double-edged sword you're dealing with. But in a two-state anyway, solution, Palestinians wouldn't be; they would be in their own country. They wouldn't be a majority in Israel because they would be a majority in in a country of Palestine. So, wouldn't that negate that argument? Exactly. That's the point. That's the point. That's the point.
1: It's that's why I believe personally again I support the Palestinians I don't want them to be part of Israel,
0: again personally from a demographic perspective well it's not that you don't want to be part of Israel, you want them from a humanist perspective you want them to have their own country not necessarily that they're going to there be are many the
1: reasons why there are many reasons why they need to have their own country <laughs> let's say that
0: okay Fair enough. Well, hopefully they can, they can get there and, and stop this humanitarian crisis, and the sooner the better. It's gone on for far not too long. Sure. I have
1: to tell you, the truth. So I'm not sure they want it. Many, many Palestinians like the way, uh, the situation as it now. Many Palestinians okay. like the situation as it it's now. They got they are having jobs. Palestinians are working in Israel. It's not sure they are, they will have work uh, if they be back by themselves. It's not really straightforward as it sounds outside.
0: There aren't, aren't a lot of Palestinians unemployed as well? They're, they're suffering from great great poverty. Are they not? No.
1: Many Palestinians are working inside Israel. Many Palestinians that are working here uh, that pass the uh, 67 uh, borders. 1967 borders. that's uh, uh, to eastwards. They're getting uh, work permits, they come in to work in Israel, mostly in uh, construction and stuff. Palestinians that live in, inside Israel, 21% of Palestinians living inside Israel, they have absolutely 100% uh, rights, they're working everywhere that you can think of, uh, from uh, doctors in hospitals, in media, there are many, and all over the Palestinian in Israel are full rights citizens. For every... So some,
0: some of those Palestinians don't want to stay
1: Oh no, the, the ones that live in Israel, most of them want to stay. <laughs> I don't know if they'll admit it, but I know by talking with them, because they're having the full rights, they're doing... We are talking about 20% out of the Israeli population. <laughs> It's a lot. They have representation in government, now they are are a party of uh, the Muslim party, which is part of the coalition, Um, something that I I really like I'm really happy that
0: it happened now. Ultimately, it needs to come down. We've got to do the right thing. This this is a humanitarian crisis that's been going on for generations. It needs to be solved. It needs to be be solved,
1: but the solution has to come from both ways from both sides.
0: Yeah. It's, I'm it's not sure that I'm not sure that it's going to happen, though, given the, the inflamed passions that are underpinning so much of it and the complexity of the situation.
1: I don't know. I won't get into it right now, but I can talk about it. I think it might happen. There are a whole bunch of other solutions, other than two states, that uh, might be on the table. Like, uh, there was an, an idea of uh, making a confederation with Jordan. And then, uh, Palestine will have the full rights in Jordan. We can think about many other solutions that are still on the table. But, again, you need all sides to be willing to walk toward it. And as long as uh, the sides are not willing to going to straight talk and compromising, it won't happen.
0: Well, I would think over time, if if mm. the ultra-religious Jewish communities, demographics are growing to become a majority, that's less and less likely to happen, because if they get into power... No, not
1: necessarily. No, do you know that the ultra-religious people are not supporting Israel? People don't understand that.
0: Mm. The
1: ultra-religious, the one that wearing the black hats, they don't like the idea of Israel. If it was up to them, they would dismantle Israel. They, they are living in the concept that you, you, we were not a, a allowed to build Israel until the Messiah will come.
0: So it doesn't that threaten them? If the they're living, is, but they're living in Israel with the protection that the Israeli military is providing. And they they're give
1: them money. It's
0: <laughs> counterintuitive.
1: Again, you remember when I said, talked about diversity, it's another problem. Some of them are supportive of Israel, some of them are not. But the ideology is that Israel is kind of abomination, how do you say that?
0: You no, know, cannot um, <laughs> We will
1: not.
0: About, he talks about that. He mentions that, you mentioned at the beginning, and a lot of people might not realize that Zionism was actually a secular movement, that they, they got sick and tired of waiting, uh, and they took things into their own hands, whereas the, the religious Jews, as you say, it's an abomination to create Israel, that God should manifest it when He's ready, and the secular Jews doing it was, was going against the Bible, so, the whole thing is a from that perspective.
1: But think about it, that uh, during the Holocaust, most of the people that were massacred by the Nazis, were uh, ultra-religious Jews. They compromised um, most of uh, the Jews in, uh, in Poland and in Ukraine, that's most of them. Uh, the secular Jews that were uh, killed do, uh, by the Nazis uh, were the ones that living in uh, Germany and no, uh, Northern Europe but the majority of Jews that were killed were in uh, ultra religious people that lived in uh, Poland and Ukraine. And those, that's uh, the majority. And the scene is that when the Zionist movement started, they were calling for those ultra religious to just go and live and move to, uh, move to Israel. And the British, by then, uh, allowed Jews to come to Israel. And they refused. They refused because uh, God protected them. And we know how well he, died, he did that. So...
0: Well, it's a very complicated
1: situation. Guys got there. It is. It, everything is so complex. That's why you know when when people are looking at what happened in Israel and trying to put it in like a Disney movie of uh, the good guys and the bad guys, it can never fit. There's no good guys and bad guys. It's it's complex. There are, the goods can be bad and the bad can be good. And you can't put the divide some so good deeds and bad deeds and
0: it's so complex. So uh, we're coming up on almost an hour now, so we should probably start wrapping up. So are there anything you'd like to, to, to quickly go over or, or talk about something that you guys have got coming up that you'd like you'd like us to know about?
1: As I said, we are starting to reorganize ourselves after a break of uh, the COVID. And what we are doing in uh, two weeks from now is uh, we're going to have a, a meetup with the AAI, I think it's going to be very interesting. Whoever wants to join it, I think it will be interesting. Of course, it will be 90% in English, except maybe some announcement I will make in Hebrew, but most of it will run in English. So join us, I think. I will publish an event in English soon. I I just got some Information about who's going to speak from uh, Tony, or how do you pronounce him? And I will publish it in English, and I really call everyone to join us. It will be great. And we are thinking of making an online conference in December, like I mentioned. And it seems to be a good time for us to show uh, our uh, work with AI. And uh, we'll have some kind of uh, either a debate or a lecture or we think about something that, something that will be able to connect artists from all over the world together, so that a channel, I think, will be great.
0: And will this be a paid conference, or people people all over the world if it's an, if it's an online? That,
1: uh, since we're going to to do it online, we'll try to call for people from all over the world to join. It will, it's a chance, you know. Maybe the COVID was uh, difficult for us to pass from a uh, uh, meet meeting in uh, hallways and uh, stuff to move to the online but so it sounds to be a bad thing but hey, let's look at it it's opened a uh, all wide of new channels that we can talk with each other and expanded the artist uh, community I think we do and should support each other even if we are talking from three countries still, it's a uh, good to, uh, to join forces, maybe we can help each other and at the best we can support all those artists that are
0: being uh, challenged in their communities. Well when you when you get your publication ready, let us know and we'll we'll blast it out on our channels as well to, to let people know that they can come and join in on that conference.
1: Yeah, we do that for sure. I'm sure it's, it, it should be very intriguing.
0: Great. Well, thanks for joining us today, and it was great. Story. I learned a few things, and um, hopefully, hopefully, everybody watching has learned something about how complex the situation is there. And we wish you well, and we, we hope you're successful in, in what you're trying to do, especially with the marriage law um, and you know, your programs in the high schools. So, thank you again for, for coming and talking to us today, and uh, we look forward to, to joining your conference. So, thank you for coming on today.
1: Oh, yes, thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. Everybody, please like and subscribe, and we'll see you all next week. And when we have the links to the Israeli Atheist Organization's content, we'll put that up for you. All right. Take care, everybody. We'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. Okay, thanks for listening and don't forget we're on YouTube, so follow us on YouTube. Just search for Atheist Alliance International and please subscribe and hit that notification bell. We're also on all of your favourite podcast platforms so make sure that you follow us on there as well. See you next time.